Hello, everybody. Live from coronavirus-free Koreatown, it is the Ozone. I'm your host, Omar Miller, and I know you've been waiting to hear from us since the inevitable happened last Saturday night. I'm here with my brother, my host, the individual who gave me great betting advice and has a bum ankle and a part-time bum grill, the Icons. Hello. How you doing over there? I'm doing awesome. How's your rehab? I'm having to re. I mean, I don't know. I got another look like a couple of weeks in the boot. Another couple of weeks to boot, jump. A booty call. And uh, and and how is your suit walking in? Is your sweatsuit too heavy? Will you be able to complete the podcast? I don't know. It's wore me down. I don't, I don't know, dog. Okay, let's just jump right into it, jump folks. Jump right in. Jack Knight? Okay, Jack <laughs> Cannonball! <laughs> so this weekend, we told you. We told you. We hate to say we told you, but Not we told really. you. <laughs> I don't hate it. Now, I love the bomb squad. I love Deontay Wilder. And he even jumped on, impromptu, jumped on the pod before the fight, which was awesome. He appreciated support, dog. He appreciated our support. And I still support the young man. But exactly what we suspected was going to happen, happened on Saturday night in Las Vegas. We were there. The bell rang. Before the bell finished ringing, Tyson Fury was in Deontay Wilder. It's on him like gravy on mashed potatoes. <laughs> he was on him like white all rice, Jack. <laughs> That is a trucker, fool. <laughs> yeah, see, he a went big in, mother trucker. He went in. He put in work, uh, and and I, I by now you guys have either seen the fight or heard analysis about the fight, but you haven't heard ours. And as we told you guys, Tyson Fury's a giant he and a boxer a, from a family of boxers, and he's a giant, and he won every round of the first fight that he didn't get knocked down. Now. One thing that we kept hearing when we got to Vegas and touched down, we sat with many friends of the Ozone from the boxing community who seemed all to be disillusioned by the power of Deontay Wilder and could not see how Tyson Fury could pull off a victory and also questioned whether the weight was too much. Right, and it is just completely ridiculous because he came in and he manhandled him. He's six foot nine. I mean, he imposes well on him. Six foot nine, 273 pounds. And for some reason, 270 pounds sounds like a lot to everybody. But if you're above six, four and six, five, (laughs) you know, I'm overweight and I'm touching 305 right now at six, five. So if you stretch that out to another four inches and the guy works out every day and has a nutritionist and so on and so forth. Crazy long wingspan. I don't understand. That 270 was nothing. And what we saw by the end of the punishment he still had another 10 rounds in him, if you ask me. Well, he looked light on his toes. Yeah, he was but ready Wilder to go. was the one that didn't carry the weight well. Now that, let's, that extra 45 pounds. Now, <laughs> now let's uh, talk about this. Speak on it. We watched the fight. I'm seven rows back. First thing I want to dispel is that Tyson Fury licked blood off of Deontay Wilder's neck. I want to dispel this rumor. If you kept up with the pre-fight hype, then you recognize that Tyson Fury said when asked if his chin could hold up to Deontay Wilder's power, he said, well, he sure hopes so, and he thinks it will because he's been strengthening his chin by Cunnilingus. Well, now, now what's a homie Cunnilingus? The, the Cunnilingus is the oral sex that a man performs on a woman. Ooh. And he said that in an interview. So if you actually were keeping up with the thing, when he then in turn flicked his tongue at the crowd, it was a continuation that, hey, my chin is doing just fine. 
He kept the theme going. That's it. But the way that the camera was set up on the side, the profile made it look like, oh, he's an animal. He's a savage. He's licking but, blood but off either, of either Wilder. Way, or either way, however you want to put it, I'm not mad at him. He's in the middle of a battle. He's in the middle of a war. And if he's doing that and he's licking blood, then that's... Then he's just licking blood. He's just licking blood. Then, he's but, but he didn't. do everything to get it, you know, an advantage. But he didn't. Because I was sitting at the direction where his tongue was flicking. It actually wasn't anywhere near... Little Gene his, Simmons. It was some Gene Simmons. That's what it was. <laughs> that was it. It was, come on, feel the noise. Wrong group. I <laughs> want to rock in the all night. A little <laughs> a body ever eat it. Ah. <laughs> Sorry, got my rock mix on my 70s <laughs> rock. rock up, dude. Sorry, bro. Sorry. Um, yeah, and so that that was that. Let's dispel that. But secondly, with his 270 pounds, he did exactly what he was supposed to do. Throw the littler man around. And the evidence that made me more confident about that, that made me confident to go make a bet that Tyson Fury would actually, in fact, knock out Deontay Wilder, was in the pre-fight hype when Wilder pushed Fury and Fury returned the favor and threw him across the stage <laughs> with a two-hand shove. And he even said it. He said, look at this guy. He threw him around like a featherweight. <laughs> and, and this stuff matters. So go back to the fight. Deontay Wilder actually landed the bomb early. Twice. Two times on the chin. And he, he rolled the punch. More evidence of his boxing ability. So it didn't devastate him. Also, the 273 pounds helped. This is not Andy Ruiz. This is not a guy that's six feet tall. And then he continued and proceeded to impose his will on Tyson Fury. Now, Kenny Bayless was catching flack from Tyson, from, from Deontay Wilder. But in real life, Kenny Bayless did everything he could to help the champ. Right. Took points away. Took knockdowns that were knockdowns away. Right, because he actually- At least two of those were knockdowns. The one where he fell into the ropes was a legitimate knockdown. That was a legitimate rope, knockdown. The ropes are not supposed to be able to hold you up. And they clearly held him and up. they held him up. And I felt like the one where he tackled Fury was a knockdown. Oh, no question. But he, he, they gave him love. Either way it goes, what you saw was a clinic in big man boxing. Tyson Fury leaned on him. He put him in the headlock. He hit him in his hips. And most importantly, what we kept saying to beat Deontay Wilder, who is a skinny big man, who's really a tall man more so than a big man, right. he went to his body. He took space away from him. He actually imposed his will on him. He never, get a, he never got extension. And he punished his body. And he punched it. Knocked him down with a body shot. Knocked him down with a body shot. And honestly, that wasn't even the hardest body shot of the fight. If you go back, I do think it was the fourth round. He hits him with a body shot right around his heart area, right under, right in his ribs. And Deontay just looked completely confused. Well, and the phone booth work was unbelievable. The beautiful work inside the phone booth. And all, Elbows. Right. And all uppercuts. Deontay could do was try to mimic what he was doing, but he was already that behind. That was it. That was it. So, Okay. They stopped the fight. Let's just give you guys our take on everything that happened. They stopped the fight. Mark Breland throws in the towel in, in Deontay Wilder's corner. Oh, now he's the bad guy. Par pandemonium uh, takes place in the ring. And Deontay, in the ring, said all the right stuff. In the post-fight, Deontay said, the better guy won. I can't take anything away from him. You know, I did come in with a little bit of a leg injury, but the better guy won tonight. And he kept it moving. We went into the locker room area after the fight, and wh what was then in turn sent to us as information was just mind-blowing. Now, we were told they had to stitch Deontay Wilder up. We were told they were then going to have to rush him to the, uh, to to the, the emergency hospital. room uh -huh. because they didn't know if his head was actually bleeding from internal bleeding from his brain because of the ear laceration. They knew they were going to have to stitch him up, so on and so forth. 
Tyson Fury came by is way bigger than me, which is very impressive. If you've ever met me, dwarf you. I mean, that's the big man. That's the big man. <laughs> it was very uh, similar to meeting Shaq. It was that kind of a feeling. Is that he's, he has that kind of a size? Man. Yeah. So the the issue is after the fight, after the loss, suddenly Deontay is coming up with the most absurd things that anyone's ever heard. This is very disappointing. This is very disappointing. Deontay, the the the. Ring walk entries were beautiful for both fighters in real life. Mm-hmm. I felt like it was real bossy for Tyson Fury to come out on a throne first and come out in slow motion. Playing Patsy Cline. At least 10 minutes it took him to get uh, from the time they announced him to the time he actually got in the ring. And I heard people making excuses about that as well, talking about it took him so long that his sweat went off, uh, uh, that, Deontay's sweat. Blew. So you come out first if, if you want to do that. Yeah. And all of this is the psychological mind freak that Tyson Fury did on him, all of which it worked. And so then Bomb Squad comes out in a, a Wakanda suit with a dope LED light helmet, to be honest. It was, it was more Iron Man. How many Man. batteries was it supposed to be in there? I don't know, but but he's making it sound like it was 40, 45 pounds. Here's the problem, folks. He's saying it's 40, 45 pounds. He just tried it on that day. He then in turn waited for Tyson Fury to come out, and then he walked out, and by the time he walked up the stairs, he realized his legs were gone. For once, I have to agree with Stephen A. Smith, which is is rare. Which is rare. What in the world would Dominic Brazil, Steve Vern, Chris Areola, all of those guys look like if they said, yeah, Deontay knocked me out because my my pre-fight suit was too heavy? If you're in the military— or if you know anybody in the military, you know guys where the, the platoon leader tells them they're walking 35 to 50 clicks for the day with 50 to 85-pound packs on. Yes, sir. And that is what it is. And and people's lives are at risk. There are no excuses. You're the heavyweight champion of the world. You're supposed to be in that kind of condition. So even if the batteries were hella heavy. How far is the walk? 100 yards? <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. We got to do better than that. And now to me... This is what I think. I think this actually just goes to show the limits of Deontay's boxing ability because Deontay doesn't even recognize that it was the weight of the 275-pound man. He recognizes it. That I, I, I don't know about this. This is where I want to no, dig no, deep you with can, you. You could recognize it. <laughs> not on TV. <laughs> and so this is where I want to dig deep with you because I feel like Either Deontay Wilder doesn't recognize it and and doesn't want to recognize it because he just doesn't know because he's actually never laid on somebody to make them lose their stamina. He hits people and knocks them out, and that's how they lose their stamina. Or we're watching a man who's grappling with the loss of his identity in public. And Deontay Wilder had the nerve to come out and say Tyson Fury never hurt him. He ought to be ashamed of himself. This is terrible. I mean. And I I really can't support that. I really can't support him making excuses, especially after he jumped on Anthony Joshua for losing. And this is the thing. The way he jumped on Anthony Joshua after Andy Ruiz, if you guys go back and listen to the Ozone, Deontay Wilder responded as if he had beat Anthony Joshua. (laughs) If you let him tell it, he beat Anthony Joshua. Yeah. Even though he lost out on $125 million from there. But his response was, if I say I'm going to go in there and try to kill a man, I accept that in return, he will have to kill me as well. We've talked about this for years and years. Despite his eight children and his fighting future, my corner knows not to throw in the towel. 
Mark Breland was fighter of the year, number one uh, amateur welterweight prospect. He has a long pedigreed fighting career. I don't even know anybody else at JD's has ever trained, a head right. trainer. So I, I'm going to take Breland's uh, uh, opinion on this. And in all honesty, I thought they should have stopped the fight two rounds before. No question. He shouldn't have got off of the stool after the fifth. And he took extra punishment where, to me, I don't even think he should fight for at least a year to recompose himself. Guys, if you were there, you would understand this man took a beating. I mean, a beating to the point where they had to ru- they wanted to rush him to emergency. I don't know if they did. Yeah. But they were talking about it, I know for sure, because we were behind the scenes and that's what they were speaking on. Yeah. And the doctor came in and the whole song and dance. And it's th- just disappointing. Th- it is I disappointing. Mean, From a character perspective, it's disappointing because the only person in the world who thinks that they should not have stopped that fight at this point is Deontay Wilder. Even if JD says, yeah, he was always, my guy's always in the fight with one big punch. That big punch was long gone, folks. If you know how boxing works and the reason that that man was walking around and couldn't keep his balance, his equilibrium, because he had a problem with his ear because he had been pounded in his ear. The his shot that dropped him in the third round was not. An illegal shot. That was on the ear. Deontay, that's the second thing that he said. He said that Kenny Bayless warned him in the pre-fight about all the stuff that he couldn't do and allowed Tyson Fury to do all of it. Like hit him in his head? He didn't know he was in a boxing match? He said he can't hit him behind the head. Said he hit him behind the head. That wasn't in the head. head. Said it wasn't legal. Wrong as bell. But he don't know what you're talking about. That's why his ears were leaking. Which is why he couldn't gain his balance or his equilibrium. And then when the big man lays on top of you, which I've done and seen it done in basketball games constantly, you lose your legs. So now he's throwing these punches. And walking around like he got drunk in the casino. (laughs) Like he's a drunk (laughs) Brit, mate. By the way, to our British fans out there, learn how to act at the fight. What's happening? <laughs> they got you. I'm here to tell you. So let me you give you the totally disconnected but connected to the fight. Look I wait that. as long as I possibly can to get to my seat. And in that, I'm sitting in the middle. I got a great seat. Shout out to uh, uh, the, the WBC, the Bless Us With Tickets. Tremendous seat. I'm in row F. I was sitting right behind Magic Johnson. So next to me is a young British bloke. And he can't be more than 12 years old. He's standing on his seat. I understand because the pre-fight and everything, he wants to see his guy come in. Right. In front of me is his dad and looks like maybe his uncle who's also standing on their seats. They're going crazy. They're holding their, their beer and their drink. Fury comes out. They're going completely nuts. I understand. It's love. Pandemonium. Pandemonium. Let's get nuts. 1999. <laughs> so he is, his brother jumps over the rail and stands on the chair with him. You're kind of like, oh, that's cute. That's cool. What can you do? I'm not mad. He then in turn, the dad then in turn, steps through the folding chair accidentally, spills his drink, and steps on my brand new Nike suede Air Force Ones. I'm upset. Mess up your whole night. But because uh, <laughs> nothing gets the hype on first sight. But I, but I keep it cool. I say, hey, come on, man, help me out. Uh, sorry, mate. Sorry, sorry. Every 10 seconds, they want to shake my hand. The little boy starts coughing. We all know everybody's on corona alert. So they're saying corona this watch. This, everybody's on corona. Freaking it is the not corona, the beer. It is not corona light. <laughs> it is a corona heavy. And so the dad is then in turn standing up. He gets back on his chair. Tyson Fury comes in on his throne. Dad's taking pictures. Little boy's feeling it. His brother steps away because he's like, it's too tight. His little brother's a little bit older. Then 
the guy whose seat it was shows up, and the little boy's like, oh, okay, hey, Dad, I got to go. I got to go. He's like, no, no, son, you sit with me. You sit with me. I was like, oh, all right, well, the, the kid was seat hopping. I get it. Uh-huh. Sits on – it stands in front of his dad. I told his dad because Bomb Squad was coming in. I said, hey, I said, it's all good, but when the fight starts, you guys got to get off of the chair because I, I got to see the fight. Right. Okay, okay, mate. Okay, okay. Goes to shake my hand again. Okay, cool. Fight starts. He wants to act like he's standing on a chair. I actually physically pull him down. I said, look, man, I told you I'm, I need to see the fight. Okay, mate. Okay. okay. Sorry, mate. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, you big dosa. Oh, dosa, dosa. He's dosaing me out. I'm like, all right, cool. What his, does that mean anyway? His son is sitting on his lap. Another the vulgarity that Tyson Fury made commonplace. His son is sitting on his lap. So on a certain level, you're like, oh, that's cute. I get it. They're, mm-hmm. they're trying to deal. You know, they're trying to have a, a good time. He couldn't get that ticket. I get it. The tickets were scarce. Uh-huh. What happens? Rick Ross shows up in the third round, and he's like, hey, partner, oh, that's my seat. <laughs> Wasn't even the guy's seat the whole time. Ran the buck on you. And he happened to come and then fights it. I've seat hopped plenty of times. This is I've done it before at Chavez Ravine, all over the place. I have a buddy who actually snuck into the Super Bowl that everybody knows. It's very famous, and somehow or another, he, <laughs> he, he, he dipped his toe in the Super Bowl seat, brother, and, and got through. When they catch you, you got to wrap it up. That's it. It is what it is. They got me. Instead, he argues with Rick Ross and makes me miss the knockdown. Ooh. Yeah. I don't know if I told you that. Uh, you didn't tell me you missed the knockdown. I missed the first one, John. And so it's I saw it. I was, I was dodging side to side. Then it wasn't even his seat. So, Brits, when you come to the fights, you guys travel well. You guys are wonderful fight fans and fans of the Ozone, so I appreciate it. But, damn, drink your beer and calm down. Enjoy the victory. We don't have to get in an actual fight in the stands because your man is fighting in the ring. Have to. And by the way, this time I was with you guys. I actually bet that your guy was going to win. <laughs> Wasn't enough. Wasn't enough. I need to take your seat too. And so now I, I, let's go to the next point. In the pre-fight buildup, everybody and then at the spot, I saw so many celebrity friends and so on and so forth who asked me. And because of the podcast, they call and they ask us who we were betting on. And consistently, we got the same thing. Whenever you tell somebody that you were betting on Fury, if it was a white person, they say, oh, my God, look at this. You're betting on the white dude. I'm betting on the black dude. Can you believe that? How funny is that? That was terrible. That's a serious problem we need to go into. They turned it into a racial issue. I mean, and it wasn't about race. It was about the better boxer. That's what it was. I went to watch a boxing match. I didn't go and watch a black and white fight. I did not. I did not go to the race riot. No. I went to watch. I didn't go to the protest. No. I went to watch the thing, and that's it. I went not to watch I don't a, believe a pugilistic black lives and all that. No, 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 and not that I don't recognize the world that I'm living in. Yeah, but this particular situation, we as a fan base, all of the boxing fans decided to make this about race. Honestly, the 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 split was so heavy for anybody that was of color. Mm-hmm. I was actually rooting for Deontay Wilder, and I bet on Tyson Fury. Because I, I saw Deontay Wilder right. was the inferior boxer. Right. So I was hoping he would land the, the home run punch. And honestly, the two big rights that he landed in the first round were punches that we've seen knock guys out cold. But not the big man. Not the big man. Who, after the fight, if you remember, walked over to him and said, hey, man, you are a real warrior. That first round was dynamite. That's what he was talking about. Oh, really? Yeah. Tyson Fury said that after the fight. He walks right up to him when he, when he hugs him and he says, hey, man, that first round was dynamite. 
And that's all he had was one round in him, and he didn't win that one. And he didn't win. I mean, I've never fought. seen a situation where the heavyweight champ from pillar to post did not win one minute of seven rounds. Well, and they fought, what is that, a total of 19 rounds now. And they fought 19 rounds, and, and Deontay's 1-2. It's only 1-2. Clearly 1-2. Yeah. Maybe, maybe you gave him a couple more maybe here and there. He's clearly 1-2 rounds. So what is it in part three that you think that would be the difference? CTE. <laughs> that's what we, I, think, that's, I think he has that already. That, that's what's coming in part that three. In. That's what's coming in part three. And More now, CTE. And now they're talking about, uh, Tyson Fury's team is talking about how uh, if Deontay presses the issue for the rematch, which I would be surprised if the commission's grant in less than six months after a lopsided performance and knockout like that. They're trying to find July. Which is a terrible decision for Deontay. <laughs> and what they're saying is, is that with that, uh, what they're going to try to do is potentially pay him to sit that out and wait so that they can make the fight of Fury versus Joshua, and then he can fight the winner of that fight. Right, Joshua already signed up to fight somebody else. Well, he fought Pulev, but no, they're talking late summer that they could make this. They're talking like September that they can make this fight happen with Tyson Fury. With that kind of beating, he he would have a a hard time fighting what's your boy Ruiz. He would have a hard time with Andy if Andy shows up to the fight. Yes, (laughs) even a juicy Andy. Oh, his hands too fast. Yeah, and he's going to be confused by the by the hand speed mm-hmm. because his hands are way faster than Tyson Fury's. Right. So we have that the race issue, which really bothered me. Really, we really. got to let that go, man. We got to let that go. Everybody at the fight, and everybody, black and white, black and white, fell into this. And because I actually didn't sit next to you, I sat next to a bunch of other Brits. Yeah. And when I got there, they thought that I was for automatically. Uh huh. And I. But one thing I, I I'll say about, about the Brits. Most of the Brits who remember where you are. Most of the Brits who asked me who I was for was like, of course you're for the American. Uh, yeah. It was a nationalism thing right. as opposed to a color thing. Yes. I will say that to my experience. Now the Americans were the exact opposite. The Americans were the exact opposite. Right. The Americans and they couldn't care if Tyson Fury was from anywhere. If he right. was from Idaho or if he was from uh, uh, Compton, didn't matter. It's I was just, just thinking the better black fight. and white. I was going with Tyson Fury, not that I wanted him to win, or Deontay. I didn't really bother me either way. You wanted a good fight. I just wanted a good fight, and I always felt like Tyson Fury was going to win because he's the better boxer. He's the complete fighter besides the punch that he has now, though. Right. And it is what it is. Uh, and and they, we just got to let that go. Also, a little funny anecdote for you guys. Vegas served me up this weekend, despite me winning. They got me with MAGA this weekend. <laughs> MAGA tricked me Matt this weekend. Matt and MAGA. MAGA. <laughs> MAGA tricked me this weekend. They were too strong. They got you. Yeah, they, they tricked me. I saw me. one of them. They tricked me. Because when we <laughs> when I'm walking through the casino, people want to take pictures. Okay, it's love. It's all good. I turn the corner at the Encore, and I see a group of folks, white people, Caucasian brothers and sisters, who said, hey, Charles, it's the, <laughs> it's the coach. I was like, hey, what's up, y'all? And the guy was wearing a red hat. He went to shake my hand vigorously. Now, the guy was wearing a red hat. Here on the West Coast, usually you see people now wearing red hats who have some anti-Trump slogan. Right. And MAGA tricked me because it's no longer MAGA. It's Kaga. It's <laughs> Keep America Great. Again, they got you. I'm shaking the guy's hand. I read his hat. I, I wanted to go get some hand sanitizer. I felt bad about Ooh. that. Yeah, they got me. It tricked me. Then the worst at the fight. What happened? I saw that one. I saw. Will Bond uh, walks by with Lavar Arrington. I say, "What's up?" To both of them. 
I've known LeVar for a long time from some charity activity. And he goes, boy. And oh, yeah. And he was a stud in the NFL. And he turned around. And he goes, man, you know, oh, oh, you know, Big Papa. I said, oh, yeah. I thought it was Elvis Grant that makes everybody's gloves. Right. He looked just like him. Turns out it was Papa John. <laughs> <laughs> and Papa John looked at me and said, what's up, my nigga? <laughs> no, he didn't say that. <laughs> I was thinking to myself, what, what did, what, I was like, just shook Papa John's head. He got me. He got you. He got me. Glad there wasn't no photo of that. I, there may be. It's bad word. Bad. It was a bad, bad look. Bad look. It was a bad look. In his mind, when I realized he wasn't Elvis, I saw his face contort. Like, oh, he knows. I know. I know, Papa. Let me get the big guy of uh, uh, the fried chicken pizza. <laughs> <laughs> he, everybody let him off the hook. Really, they sure really did. Easy. And it's not. And he had some celebrity Negro endorsement. He did. <laughs> Mine, apparently. <laughs> Unfortunately. So, MAGA for the win a little bit out there. But I cashed in uh, some really nice, some really nice uh, wins, thanks to my brother. And also sat next to a Trump supporter who I who? had. A, I have no idea who the guy is. Some bozo who's in love with money. Oh, and sounds was, about right. Yeah, was cussing up a storm and tried to tell me that because of where I was sitting, clearly I was in love with money like he was. And, of course, he was misinformed about what net neutrality was, about killing hibernating animals, about uh, the tax code, about everything. Clearly, uh, clearly a, a Fox News cultish kind of individual. Very interesting. Very interesting trip out there. Now, to continue on with the series of the Fall Guy slash Cheaters – Another interesting thing happened that was related to the fight, which is now Deontay Wilder is looking for a fall guy, and he's trying to make it this man, Mark Breland, who actually saved his life. And the boxing community has come out and said exactly as much. SOG, Andre Ward came out and spoke on it. Um, Teddy Atlas came out and spoke Uh on it. Uh, Actually, Sugar Hill uh, Stewart, Tyson Fury's trainer, Mm -hmm. came out and spoke on it. And... I hope that Deontay takes some time and stop doing interviews and actually can get his mind back and get his mind back together because yeah, he's probably still concussed. Even though now he's claiming he was never hurt, he was never concussed. His he can claim whatever broken. he wants to claim. Everybody saw him out there, out on his feet, out on his feet, and taking the head blows yep. from from a guy that's standing over him by at least three inches and coming down with and, a hammer, with a hammer. I mean, he with brought, leverage, yeah, and he completely he opened it up. He, he there was he Arm and hammer. boots <laughs> on necks. There was no <laughs> all gas, no brakes, as they say in the Bay Area. Yeah. And they let him have it. I mean, he let him have it. He opened it up. He opened it up. That was a clinic. And if they fight again, he might get knocked out even earlier than that. I agree. Because there's no answer. The only answer would be for Deontay to come in light or lighter and try to work quickness. But since the skill set is lacking, I don't see how he how he gets a dub. Let's hear what Let's Go Champ had to say about it. Oh. Literally, like, 36 hours before the fight. And what did he say? FaceTime. I said, yo, champ, box. Champ, box. I said, jab, right hand, jab. Forget the hooks and all that right now. Just box. He was like, nah, champ. I'm knocking him out. That's what he told me. He said that? Oh, God. He said, I'm knocking him out, champ. He said, I'm walking him down. I said, nah, champ, box. He said, nah, I'm knocking him out. Now, going back to Fury. Now, Fury, 
we would do the same similar things as far as our, our weight. Your weight, going back and that's what, yeah. And it was me first, and then he happened there. And then he seen me get in shape. He was like, yo, champ, I'm inspired. I'm going to do it. I said, you can do it. Look at me. And he did it, man. He went all the way. So just happy for the brother. If he followed the proper training and the proper game plan, he could be right back in that ring. And he still got that, that Shannon Cannon Briggs type one-punch knockout nice. capability that he could regain his title. Mm. What do you think? Against Fury? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I'm from the school of, this is our debate right now, right. and I'm from the school of some people you just can't beat. Thanks, thanks, uh -huh. thanks. Right. And Fury, he can't beat Fury. You know what Fury said? Fury said the first fight was all about me losing weight after, you know what I'm saying, I was big. I understand that. There's a weight loss process. Then he said this fight was for me to get in shape, to get strong. That's why he came in 270. Oh. His confidence was, he was like, before, I just wanted to look good. I just wanted to lose weight and not look like a fat ass on TV. Now, I'm strong. He can't take me. I was like, jam, box. He said, no, I'm knocking him out. <laughs> you know what I mean? Fury said that if, I, if he couldn't beat me at 50%, how is he going to beat me at 100? And he was right. And he was right. And I don't even know if he's at 100. I still think Anthony Joshua's better than both of them. Well, let's hear what Deontay had to say. If, right. I'm, if I'm doing anything that consists of me moving my feet is sprinting mm -hmm. and stuff, stuff like that, and I, I wear a 45-pound uh, um, vest on me as well, too, and all my exercise and everything that I do to have that extra weight on me. Really? Mm-hmm. Um, everything, so, chin-ups, everything, squats, everything. Everything, mm -hmm. everything. I used to do that with the rapid speed. So if, if you had a 45-pound vest on every time you work out, why is Wakanda forever too much for you? Anyways, what you were saying Why about you AJ. Why you Wakanda? It's, it's Wakanda forever, homeboy. So what did... What did uh, AJ is a fundamentally sound fighter who has power in both hands, and I think the Fury would have a hard time against him because he wouldn't be able to push him around. And and, AJ, and I think we're going to see big AJ. Yeah, and you'll probably see big AJ. Like 245, 258. Uh -huh. And this is the same reason why I've always felt like he could beat Deontay Wilder is because he's fundamentally sound. Any great fighter or good fighter is not going to let him come out there and just throw a right all day or, or no. wait for it. No. They're going to take it away. Fury took the right, and then he took the right. He went in there, and he took it right away, and then he went in there and took it away from him and went inside on him, which he's not used to. Used to. And this is the same thing Bermain Stivern did in the first fight. It just went 12 because Stivern isn't, wasn't an elite fighter like Tyson Fury is. Right. But he was the champ. Right. And credit to Deontay Wilder who held the belt for five years in 10 consecutive defenses. That's no small thing in right. any weight class. Right. But this 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 notion now uh, that there's another problem that I have, which is this cast-off society that we have where now everybody's jumping ship on Wilder. If you watch Deontay knock guys out for the last five years and you didn't see that he had a limited skill set. That's shame on you. That's just on you. I think in, everybody in fell in love with it, three though. three or four fights, Deontay has been in trouble. Until he's not. Right. This time. He was in trouble with Ortiz. Except both Ortiz is about 75 years both, old. Both fights. Both fights. And what else we saw was Anthony Joshua was the first person to actually state and come out with this theory. Yes. And it was right after uh, 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 Wilder knocked out Ortiz the second time. And he said, I'm not planning on letting it get to the seventh, eighth round. My plan is to go in and knock Deontay out. And, yes, he can be knocked out, too. I doesn't remember AJ saying that. And everybody was like, all right, whatever, whatever. Well, they act like it's a big thing for heavyweights to get knocked down or knocked out. Or knocked out. Because that's what the big boys do. They put you to sleep without it, a sleeping pill. It's too heavy, though. It's too much weight, John. Yes. <laughs> There's just too much weight. 
And finally, uh, well, I guess there's two pieces left. They're saying that um, the fight is looking like it did pay-per-view buys of eight hundred to 850000 just in North America. Wow. Which I would imagine takes them over a million in when you add in the UK. That's a lot of. I feel like it's a lot of buys. Some heavy mail. That's big money. And then the first fight only did 300, 325. Just goes to show how much that first fight proliferated the culture after the fight. Right. You know, people recognize, wow, wow this was a good matchup. This is a good fight. Was. Right? And the last thing that I want to cover was something that was very, very interesting, a video that's been going around that took place at the post-fight press conference that I really think is going underappreciated. It is. Tyson Fury's, one of the guys in Tyson Fury's corner, not his brother, another cat that's uh, well-known, actually. I just can't remember his name for right now. Goes to give the champ a bottle of water. And Tyson Fury points at the guy and says, who's it from? He goes, that guy? No, you take this back. And he gave it back to him. So rarely do we see this kind of accountability in professional sports. How many times do we hear from a guy who has a dirty piss test or a dirty blood test? I don't know where this came from. I didn't I and didn't take anything. We actually even spoke to a fighter who told us in the past that he got He drunk. got drunk. a world champion heavyweight. And you guys will hear about it. You guys are going to hear it because we're going to release the file soon. Uh, yeah. And now Tyson Fury had the wherewithal to say, you know what? This isn't the time for me to take a chance on some random bottle of water. Right. That could have God knows what in it. And then I go take my piss test afterwards, and my blood test. All of a sudden I test dirty. dirty. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, yeah, no wonder you could knock him out now. Right. No. Very heads up. I mean. Super heads up. I don't think I've ever seen that. Deontay definitely couldn't have done that after the fight. Well, no, no. he was, he was His eggs were scrambled. I mean, he was in the land of Oz. And it, it's, it's just the trippy thing is, is I can't support enough, stress enough, how much I support uh, Deontay Wilder. Yeah. How much I I like Bomb Squad. Right. You've I, always been down with I've him. I've been from the very first thing that I saw of them with him and his old cuddy with his daughter. I've I've been like, this dude, man, I really hope he becomes a champ. Well, you know what, though? He has to learn how to be a gracious loser in a sense. Not to accept losing, but being a gracious loser. And yeah, it's a different animal. Himself. Yeah. And this is what I want to know because I think in the same way, Tyson Fury laid out the blueprint in a lot of different things here. He's laid out the blueprint for overcoming mental health issues mm-hmm. uh, or at least dealing with them, weight issues, which also stem from the mental health issues. Mm-hmm. He's been at the top of the mountain two times now mm-hmm. by taking all the belts from Vladimir Klitschko and taking very important belts from Deontay Wilder now on a comeback tip. Now, what is the second belt that they I, They called it the ring the ring belt. So I don't know. I guess that's not, a belt they gave him, another belt that they gave another belt now. that they created. Uh, and I, I'm assuming it's Ring Magazine. I don't mm-hmm. know. Um, then uh, he's also brought this awesome level of awareness with your post-fight activities, mm-hmm. which makes me think you're also aware of whatever it is that was going on pre-fight. Right. And then another thing that he's done is shown the value of changing your trainer. Right. Because if you remember after the first fight, Freddie Roach was in the corner, but he wasn't the head corner man. Ben Davison was. And Freddie Roach came out and said, I actually thought we could have knocked him out if we'd have pressed the gas, but Ben wanted to play a conservative, which is what led him to getting knocked down in the 12th round. And Freddie wasn't surprised that he he did that to um, Deontay Wilder. He wasn't surprised. The first or the second fight? No. At which point, 
it's a trip because a lot of boxers, possibly including Anthony Joshua, definitely Deontay Wilder, and also guys in lighter in lighter weight classes, need to change trainers from time yes. to time. Yes. You get to a maximum point of your training and right. your tutelage with one guy. You can. And you might need to switch just because of the different fighters that you're fighting against. This is it. I mean, you can't stay with the same formula, but his formulas worked 40-something times, so they didn't feel like it was a need for change. And I can understand that. But also, depending on what happened, depending on, on, I don't know how to say this properly, but given how and who uh, JD's is, makes sense on why Deontay has never really developed past the one-hitter-quitter. Right. Because his trainer seems to be also completely enamored with his power. No question. But this is what Anthony Joshua did the second time he fought Ruiz. He knew that Ruiz wasn't physically prepared to fight, you know, him on his toes. So he took advantage of that. That's what you're supposed to do. Right. What do you have to prove to anybody by going out there toe-to-toe with a dude when you can actually use your skill set to handle it? Yeah, that's exactly it. So that's what we got for that fight. And we have... A uh, very, very, an interesting card coming up this weekend with Mikey Garcia and Jesse Vargas. When Mikey is, you know, like an eight to one favorite, he's considered to walk through Jesse. I we still haven't seen Mikey since he came back from the the Earl Spence beating a year ago. Well, he did the right thing. He, he, he took the time. He took the time. You got to take the time. Take the time, Tom. <laughs> take the time. And he and he took the time. Now it's time for him to come back. But to me. That isn't really the most interesting fight on that card. You actually have another big boy stepping back into the ring and your man, Joe Parker. Yeah. And I like Big Joe. I do too. And uh, and I think that... He's a complete fighter. He's a fast heavyweight. And fundamentally sound. Yes. Yeah. I always wanted to see Deontay Wilder fight him. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because he's not a guy that gets beat up like that, you know? Yeah, and he says that he has Fury beating Anthony Joshua 100%, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they're friends, so I don't know. But Parker's back in action tonight, I mean uh, Friday night. And uh, also, there's one other person on the card, that card that I want. Oh, and, and side note, and not even on that card. Oh, yeah, your boy David Benavidez is coming back. There's a lot of fights that just got made. Right, Pro uh, Gray and Hooker. Uh, yep, the, the, the friend of the Ozone Regis, which means he'll definitely stop back in. Um, and your boy, when is he fighting? Um, Adam Konaki? Konaski's fighting soon? Yes. Oh, I love it. But who I was going to talk about is Chocolatito mm. against Cal Yafai. Both friends of the Ozone. And honestly, I think this is do or die for Chocolatito. I know you said that. I wonder why. Because he, the way that he was knocked out those two times against Sora Rungs was guy, mm-hmm. the way that he was knocked out the second time, not beat up the first time. Oh, and cool. Then, and then, then, uh, that subsequent fight that went the wrong way. Now he's working his way back in. Now he's trying to take a belt. So this is back to championship a level, and he's still up in weight. He's not back down to his original right. to his to the to the smaller weight. It seems like the littler guys bounce back quicker though than the. They're taking guys. less trauma. Yeah, you know because we saw Pacquiao get knocked out cold, and he came back and he's even, and he came back he and came he's back still still popping. Yeah, and then what the what the rumor mill is is that with this Manny Pacquiao. Uh, this Manny Pacquiao fight potentially can be Manny Pacquiao versus Mikey Garcia if Mikey Garcia wins this fight. That's a good fight. 
Come on, man. I think Garcia should be able to get him at this point. Right? One of the We're things that you watch about Pacquiao like. now is that he slows down heavily in the second half. In the second half of the fight. And, this is where and the he's younger super dangerous uh-huh. in the first half of the fight. And I don't think you can really stop Mikey like that. Yeah, and we're going to see how, I mean, after a year off, Mikey should be, Mikey, in my opinion, should be straight. What do you think? He should be. I don't see why not. Why he can't. Hmm. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, well, that's pretty much all I got. I got. I just want to give a fight recap. We hmm. got some baseball stuff going on. The Houston Astros are getting hit left and right in spring training. And they're also hitting the ball left and right they're still. They're hitting the ball left <laughs> and right. No no warranty. Yeah, and baseball's about to start cracking down on pitchers using foreign substances now. Which they should. Yeah, which uh, is cheating. Which is cheating. Um, I wonder who. I wonder which pine tar representative is going to go to prison behind that. And uh, Severino needs Tommy John. Uh, why do the Yankees lie so much about what's wrong with their pitchers? They got to got to stand up to the fans in New York. They they always it's always acts like it's something light, and the next thing you know, like, it sounds like they have a trainer problem. Like kind of like how the Mets did a few years ago, right? And, because and now and now Stanton is down, and now Stanton is down. I just read something, and and Stanton's the homie. I just read something incredible. Did you see this? That somebody listed everything that uh G has been down with since he signed his big big deal. Yep. I mean it's it's uh, a bunch of small nagging in- injuries because he's stuck with getting strong instead of being flexible, correct? Yes. That's exactly it. And that's exactly what they're saying. They're saying uh they're saying honestly if he would actually work on flexibility and mobility as opposed to strength. He's strong mm-hmm. enough. Maybe he can get out of this rut of getting beat up. How many games do you think he'll play this year? I, I would have to imagine the over-under has to be set as low as 100. I would definitely think – I think he'll probably get 72 games. Yeah, well, that's not like a that. large sample size. And then when it comes to the playoffs, it's going to be really hard. Especially now with you've $300 up, million dollar contract. 350 And now you've, now you've picked up uh, – now you've picked up Garrett Cole – and Garrett Cole's pretty much the only pitcher you got besides Tanaka. Mm-hmm. And Tanaka, who is outrageously effective in the postseason, mm-hmm. you can never front on, but in the regular season is very mediocre. Mm-hmm. So we're going to see what happens, see if some of these young guys can come up. I don't even know if the Yankees want Domingo Herman in their organization anymore. Right. Uh, I understand it. Paxson is talking about coming back like the All-Star break or something crazy like Pass that. Pass the All-Star break. Pass the All-Star break. Yes. Now they're saying Chris Sale is starting. Not that Chris Sale is on the Yankees, but Chris Sale is starting on the IR. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see what happens. Now what's promising, though, Dodger fans, is that Ken Lee Jansen is actually pitching very well. He looked and, good and, yesterday. And pitching well early. Mm-hmm. He's had two good outings, and I actually read something where he spoke about it. He said, you know what? You hear pitchers say that we're working on stuff and this and the other. He said, I have to be honest. In real life, we do everything that we're going to do in about two weeks normally. Mm-hmm. He said, because the games start – and once the games start, guys are really competitive, and then we start working on everything, and we're not working <laughs> on things anymore. He said, and with me, I always felt like I couldn't be as out of whack as uh, um, mechanics-wise without knowing it. And he said, this year I decided to take a trip up to Seattle to that spot that uh, that analyzes everything that Trevor Bauer did. Uh-huh. And he said, and I found out how out of whack my mechanics were, and I've been able to be more consistent. And he was sitting at 94 on the on that's good enough. Uh, that's enough. He was sitting at ninety four on the radar that's gun. That cutter, and he had a, uh, he struck out the side on in his first outing. The second outing, I want to say he went one two three, but didn't strike out the side. So that's a big thing for the Dodgers if they're going to make a run. Well, and they because have, they're, they're they have they, a backup for him though. They do, but they they seem to be consistently 
you know, they, they seem to be sold that he's the guy. And maybe that pressure that Blake Trinan is putting on him is making him get himself together. Perhaps. Well. But the other the thing that I read in that, and they said Clayton Kershaw, Walker Bueller, and Kenley Jansen all kept their arms live all winter, and they've never done that before. Wow. Yeah. I mean, so they're taking a new approach. Yeah, but what did it has, Kershaw hasn't pitched yet, has he? I don't think so. I want to see his velo. Yeah, but they, uh, I think in an attempt to not lose any more velo mm-hmm. and also have repetition in their mechanics, they're taking the, the, the more Caribbean approach where you play all the time as opposed <laughs> to taking, taking time off. I don't blame them. I don't either. All right, folks. Uh, that's what we got for you. It was a recap episode, and we're looking forward to the fights this weekend. I'm going to leave you with a quote from Francis Bacon, and it is, Silence is the sleep that nourishes wisdom. We're all in this thing together, folks. Wash your hands and take care of one another. We're having the, the swigglies today, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to call you a weighty and a winnelman as if my name is Elmer Fudd. Or Womar. I'm your host, Womar Biller. This is the Ozo. Ozo. I'm just living the dream. I'm in love with the lights. 